Wow. These guys. Yeah. All right, you guys can have a seat. Well, well, well. We've done it all in church, haven't we? Wow. So I was trying to think of what would I say right after that. <laughs> uh, hey, that was really cool, wasn't it? Good. Hey, good job, you guys. That was really, really cool. So uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some of our, our guys come on up. Let me move this out of the way. Uh, we're gonna have a little little hangout time here. We're just gonna talk for a few minutes. Uh, it is our nine year birthday. Um, and it's crazy. So I'm, let me, let me tr- backtrack of how I'm going to tie that song into uh, what I'm going to say next. So, so here's the truth of the matter. Um, nine years ago, we, we launched the church. And in nine years' time, there's been a lot of God activity. A lot of things that have taken place. A lot of uh, changed hearts, changed lives. And thank, I, I think some of our numbers round up well over 2,300 people that have made Jesus the leader and forgiver of their life. That's a huge deal. I remember back to our very first Sunday, very first service, uh, we packed a tent out outside and we were kind of looking around going, this is not, this is not normal church either, right? Uh, we thought we would be in a building. This building was not done yet. And on that very first Sunday that this church launched, uh, over the next two weeks, we had 90 people to give their life to Christ. And so, you know, however you got here, my, maybe it's like through pain, See there? See what I'm doing? <laughs> maybe through pain, uh, maybe through circumstances. My wife and I, we were moving from Atlanta, Georgia to start this church. So we were driving around trying to figure out what in the world we're doing here. Uh, circumstances led us here. Obviously, it was to launch a church. But however you arrived, you're here. And what's amazing is God is writing a story in each of our lives. And, and however you arrive, through difficulty, through circumstance, through good, bad, the ugly, whatever, God wants to do a work in our lives. I, I brought one verse today, and I just think it's pertinent for us now. I think it's pertinent from where we were, because no, none of us knew uh, the advance of where we would be. No one knows that. No one, no one can tell the future. But I know someone who does. And I, I want to read this verse, because I think it's so pertinent for us as a nine-year-old youngster as a church, and pertinent for you as individuals just to think through like, what is, what is, what is my future story going to be? Where am I headed? What, what has God been doing that he might be continued to do, it, to do? And what does he want to do in my life? I'm not going to assume in a, in a room this size that everyone is a believer. But I promise you this, however you get to where you're going to go, God wants to write a story and he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. Some of you are here today and there's a set of circumstances, there's a, there's, a, there's a dilemma, there's a difficulty, there's a struggle, and I promise you this, God has a plan for you, He loves you, and He puts you on this planet to intersect Him at a place in time in your life where you'd fall in love with, with Him and recognize that He loves you immensely. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, some of you guys will know this verse. It's, it's one of those verses out of the Bible that's just you can just sink your teeth into that's full of truth. And it just gives me encouragement, gives me hope, knowing that I don't know my future. I don't know where I'll be five years, ten years. I have no idea what's next, but God knows. And here's, here's an amazing truth. God says this, for I know, it's Him, I know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope 
in a future. We know this is Old Testament. If you're new to Bible study, uh, this, was, this is in Jeremiah. This is the Old Testament. And what was being spoken of then was the hope that would come, and that's, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus would come in the New Testament. He would lay down his life. He would give his life as the ultimate sacrifice uh, to, to say to the world, to communicate to us. Even the message of today, God loves us. He gave his life so that every man, woman, and child would find hope, would find faith. That's what that verse is about, that we would have hope, hope in him. Our hope is that one day here we're celebrating nine years of birth. Hey, one day we're going to celebrate in heaven for all of eternity, those of us that have bowed the knee and made Jesus the leader and forgiver of our life. Uh, the guys I have on stage this morning are all, all guys who are on our church staff. We've got 12, uh, 12 people on our staff, roughly. Uh, I haven't counted it up recently, but right around 12 people. All these guys are amazing leaders, and they all have stories. Uh, I didn't know any of these men prior to the launch of our church. Most of us didn't know each other prior to the launch of this church. But now, nine years into this thing, God's written a story, and I've got to believe that there's plenty still to be written. So I asked these guys to come up this morning and just share the three to five minutes of what was going on in your life prior to your My Church experience. And I would, I would ask you, as they share their story, let me ask you the same question to think through this morning. What was God doing in your life prior to what He is trying to do in your life right now through potentially this church? So I'm going to jump in. Stephen, you jump in and uh, answer that for us. What, ha- what was God doing prior to My Church in your life? Yeah. Well, there's two things that I like when I look back on my experience in my church, two things that really stick out to me that are impactful that, <clears throat> that God has done. And one's my journey with the worship team. And then the other would be the day I was baptized. Uh, prior to my church, uh, I, I grew up in the church, uh, traditional church, uh, was saved probably when I was 12 years old or something. So I always just kind of felt like I'd checked the box there and I was good. Um, High school and college, I really just drifted from God. It's, it's not that I did it intentionally. It, God just was not something that was uh, first and foremost in my life. I'd go to church every now and then uh, just to make sure, just to feel like I, I, I did the right thing and, and that uh, everything was right spiritually, but um, r- really it wasn't. Uh, we came, we moved, Drew and I, my wife, we moved to Columbus in 2008, in the latter part of 2008, and we were look, looking for a church home. We were... Uh, I guess almost a year into our marriage, and you know they say that first year is critical, and we were like, "Oh, we got this, we're good." Uh, but you know, really looking back, I can see how how not good we were, and a lot of it was just because of the way that I was leading my household, leading my family, it is not in a very godly and spiritual way. Um, so anyway, we were looking for a, a church home. We tried a few places around town, just didn't work for us, and then we got this. Uh, mailer one day and we saw that there was a church plant happening and we're like oh that sounds great but we really want to go to an established church we're, we're not going to do this uh this new church thing so we didn't go to the uh the first service that we had in the big tent that i always hear uh, so much about i wish i would have been there now but uh, anyway later that year in 2009 we started attending my church and i was just sunday after sunday for years we, we started going regularly and literally for years, I, I sat out here, and I was just so moved and rocked and convicted by the music, really. That's what softened my heart and really what got me to move back towards God and actually take some steps and not just be a consumer every Sunday. Uh, I really had a conflict with 
I'm not good enough to be up on stage uh, leading people in worship. I'm so messed up. That's just not really um, what, what I'm set up. I'm not qualified to do that. And I, I remember I was sitting right back over here one day. I had a good friend. Um, uh, his, his dad was in town. This guy is a, uh, a chief in the Air Force. He's also a chaplain. Dude turns around to me and says, we had had this conversation. I'm saying I'm not good enough. He turns around to me and says, bro, you need to get over yourself. And, I, and that's really, it kind of slapped me between the eyes. And I, and I realized, you know, nobody's good enough. We're not, nobody's good enough to, to, to do this. We're, we're all fall short. And anyway, that kind of started, changed my mindset and said, you know, I can actually do this. So I started talking with the worship team and anything. Anyway, one, one thing led to another. And now I have the honor and privilege of getting to lead this team every Sunday. And it's, it's just awesome to do that. Um, the other thing is, and I talked about when I got uh, baptized, uh, that was when I felt like I made an adult decision that I'm going to live my life for Christ. Um, yeah, there's the check the box, I'm saved, but there's more to it than that. It's a spiritual walk, it's a journey, it's a relationship, and it's acting out in faith. And so, you know, it's a long story, and I won't go into it because I know we're tied on, on our time, but a uh, long story about how I came to the decision to be baptized. I was sprinkled as a kid, and I always kind of thought that was good, but for me, personally, I just needed to make that public declaration and just make the choice. And so I marked that time, I don't know, it was probably four years ago when I was baptized. Uh, Jeff baptized me actually the same day that his son JD was, was baptized as well. So that's a, a cool thing that we share. But, uh, but that's really when I could feel the spiritual change. And, and I don't know that anything with the actual baptism had anything to do with that. It was just, I allowed God to come into my heart and started to live a life that was more honoring to him. Not that I totally get it right all the time because I don't. Wow. But uh, that's when things changed for me. That's good. It's good. Thank you, man. And that's probably a lot of a lot of people's stories. So, Richard, tell us what it was like for you. Yes, sir. I I, I uh, moved to Columbus in 2013. So you guys had uh, my church had been around for a little while, um, but uh, my life before I came to Columbus it was really an, an upheaval. Um, because, uh, ironically, in 2009, the year that uh, my church started was the year that my life went upside down. And uh, I, I went through a divorce, a separation and a divorce that year. Um, and it was because of my, my sin and my, my problems and my addiction that had been driving my life in secret for all my adult life. And I was a minister you know, at a church, and I had, you know, my, my, my kids were in junior high and high school, and uh, all my secrets just called up to me, and it just wrecked everything, and uh, so I ended up uh, just kind of limping into Columbus uh, in 2013, and then, now, now God had started doing some healing in my heart, but, uh, you know, I was still in a pretty rough place, and uh, some friends, and I uh, lived in Birmingham and was moving to Columbus, and I told them, I'm going to Columbus, and I'm going to look for a good church. And this guy says, I don't know what the name of the church is, but I know a guy named Jeff Murphy. you got to look him up. And so I did and, uh, and came here and knew right away that this was a place for me because I could tell 
even the very first Sunday I came in, the, the vibe of this place was we're, we're okay with people walking in here that have a lot of uh, messed upness, a lot of brokenness. And you don't have to pretend that you're not broken when you come in. And uh, I could just tell. And, and, uh, and I, that, that was huge for me. And, uh, but I was at a, t- a point in my life where I just didn't know what my future was going to look like. And I had a lot of fears and concerns. And, um, and I certainly didn't think, I, I really at that time, I didn't think that I could, uh, and I couldn't imagine God ever using my story. And, and, and allowing me to, to tell it to the point where I'd, I'd be able to, to help people. Uh, because I just was so, I felt so broken. And, uh, but, but this place, man, this place was where God wanted me to be. And, and, and when I got here, I, I started to connect with people and, and connect with the leaders and a lot of healing has taken place in my life. And the great, one of the things I love most about my church is that we want to tell stories uh, that include dark chapters, you know, with, that, that have broken parts of the story. Because we really believe that if we'll get honest about our stories and, and, let each other, and, and help each other, then, then God starts to turn the story. And that's what He started doing with me uh, to the point where you know, shortly after being a part of the My Church family, I was able, we were able to start this cool ministry, or men's group is what it is, but it's turned into a ministry that reaches all over Columbus. That's right. Uh, of helping men who have brokenness Richard, and just how, want to deal with it. How many men have gone through uh, Route 1520 now? Pro- it's probably close to 100 yeah. now, 80, 90, 100 yeah, guys. That's you cool. know. Uh, and a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys are in the room right now, yeah. you know, and, and it's yeah. a beautiful thing. And, and then all, also along the way, you know, my, I, my heart was so messed up and I was jacked up as, as we like to say around here, but I met, I met this beautiful, tall, blonde lady. You're not talking about what you drank at Starbucks. No, not the okay, drink at actually, Starbucks. Right. Okay, exactly. Thank it. you for clarifying. Okay, good. Uh, but. You know, and uh, and people say, well, where you know, Rhonda and I, we we met here at my church, and uh, you know, we, we've been married a year and a half now. And thank uh, God for Rhonda. And, oh, thank God for Rhonda. Hey. Rhonda, woo! And so, and God's done miracles in my family, miracles with my children, and my my daughter lives here in Columbus uh, now, so that's awesome. But but meeting Rhonda and and and. Falling in love with her, getting married. Now my family has grown and is continuing to grow. We met, uh, and, and I'm almost done, but we, you know, people say, where'd you meet? And we say, my church. But, you know, we met at a my church small group. Yeah, yeah. So we're big believers. We're big believers in small groups, which start in just a few weeks. Good plug. No promises, Good single plug. people, but you just never know, right? But anyway, the song uh, that one of the songs they sang earlier they had a, had a part in it that said, "No matter how far I run, you are with me. No matter how far I fall." Are you, you crying? Know, so, yes, I am. <laughs> yes. So, but that's it. You know, no matter how far. I mean, I 
I really believe that I was too far gone to ever dream about seeing the things that I've seen happen in my life through this That's church. It. So I don't know where you guys are at, but if you think That's you're good. too far gone or, or it's too much, That's good. it's not. That's good. It's not. That's good. Buckle up. Yeah. That's right. That's good. Thank you, Richard. All right, this is Elliot. Elliot, vote. What was, what was the question? <laughs> what was going on in your world before you showed up here? Uh, well, I was about one step from rock bottom before I came through. Um, I'd spent most of my life in church and then leaving church and then going back and then leaving church. And finally I got to a place where I had decided that I didn't need church. Church was stupid. Um, people who went to church were fooling themselves. Uh, my wife was one of those people and she kept trying to pull me in and trying to pull me in. And I said, no. And, um, all the while, and this was in 2010, 2011, um, I was throwing my career away, uh, breaking the law, doing things that a lawyer is not supposed to do. And, Finally, in 2010, it uh, it all caught up to me at one time. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of lies. There were a lot of things being hidden, hidden from my family, hidden from my wife, uh, hidden from everybody around me. I, I was living a life that nobody knew, and it finally got me, and I hit hit the bottom. And the the first Sunday that I came to my church was the Sunday following my first arrest. And uh, I came because as I was sinking and as people were finding out what I was doing wrong, um, what amazed me was the number of people who said, it's going to be okay. Um, God will take care of you. And when I thought that my family was done with me, that I thought they were going to throw me out the, out the door, uh, it was actually my sister-in-law who said, well, of course, he's he's still welcome here. And um, so I, I came home from jail uh, after getting bailed out, and I was having a conversation with Bethany, my wife, and uh, and I said, well, let's let's go to church because nothing else that I've done is working. So let's try let's try it your way. And even then, I, she didn't know the full depth of what had been going on in our lives. She had no idea how bad things were for her, let alone for me. Uh, but I said, I I'm out of ideas. Let's go to church. Where do you want to go? And she said, I've heard about this church. And I thought, fine, you know, it's not going to work, but I'm going to try it. And I came in and was floored by the people, by the atmosphere, by the music, and that right there started the process of turning my life. And again, I, I wasn't at the bottom yet. Um, the bottom came as all the secrets came out, uh, as my name was in the paper, as uh, I went through divorce, um, a lot of loneliness, and even more mistakes. And uh, through all that, I kept coming to church because it was the only thing I had left to try. And finally, one day out of nowhere, uh, it felt like God just grabbed me by the shirt and said, 
get your stuff together. And uh, I was sitting next to Bethany at the time, even though we were we were divorced, we would still come and sit by each other on Sunday mornings. And her hand just reached down right that moment, and now I'm crying. She grabbed my hand, and we sat there through the, the, the end of the message that we heard in the last song, holding hands. And that was, that was the point that I knew that I had been wrong all along. Uh, and we, we rode that through reconciliation, um, remarriage here in this room. Uh, That'll be that'll be five years ago, in May. Uh, I was baptized again that same day, and I, I have just I've been holding on ever since as God takes me wherever He wants me. Uh, he's He's not done putting us through a few things, uh, and I still even even that day even after I decided. That it was time to turn around. I had some some stuff to face. I had to go away for a little while, uh, but the amazing thing was that my faith stayed the same, and it was rewarded when my family, my parents, and and Bethany and my beautiful daughter they embraced me mm. when I came out, and they propped me up uh, a lot, and still do, and they could only do that through God's strength from them. Uh, so. Here I am. Um, I've been serving in one way or, or another uh, almost since we came through the door, back at the production table, and then uh, they let me come up here and pretend to have talent like these guys do from time to time. God has absolutely done a 180 in my life. Um, I, I would be dead without question. Wow. Uh, had I not come through the door that day. Wow. Thank you, Elliot. All right, this is Ed Griffinhagen. So um, I, I sit here and I listen. Well, first of all, how good and how sovereign and how providential is God? Just listening to these guys' story, I don't even know what what to say. I, I but you've got to top it. I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. I get my notes out. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna really say, you know, our story, Susan and 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 my story, and by the way, we'll be married thirty years in about six weeks. Um, wow! So, wow! Woo. Married up. We all married up. Um, right. But I, I, what I was really gonna say is, our, our story is so much about the connections that have been made here and the relationships that have been made here, and they're not just relationships, they're providential relationships. They're relationships that you can only see that in hindsight, and you see God is orchestrating that everything that has happened to these guys and to y'all, it's, it's, it's under God's providence, and it's under God's sovereignty. And all three of these guys, part of their story was I grew up in a church. Well, I grew up in a synagogue. They grew up in a church. And I remember... Two or three years ago on the church land, only at my church do we get out in, the, in a pasture with horse troughs and baptize folks. 
And so I remember, and I think that was about three years ago, and I was baptizing a young soldier, and I thought, how 15 years ago I was Jewish in a synagogue, and I'm baptizing a young soldier in a trough in the woods. I thought, how in the world did I get to that point? And the way, and I start looking back, you know, and, and, and looking back in God's moving the chess pieces around a table, and it all began six or seven years ago. We, we uh, came here, visited my church solely because we wanted to go to a place for my youngest son where we thought he may want to go to church because of the music. He's a musician, and I said, let's find a place that is doing some rock and roll. And so we walked in. Um, and, and, you know, and the music is a big part of it. That musical worship is, is crazy and unbelievable. And, and just as it turns out, that was so the right decision. And he started playing in the, in the worship, on the worship team about six or seven months later probably. And I think all the relationships that Susan and I have, have, have developed and just God is so good and he has put these people in our paths. I've got so many relationships with with soldiers that I think I just never would have had had it not been for my church. And they have helped us grow just exponentially. And we've been able to minister to them. And I think about the, the, the homeless ministry that God allowed us to sort of begin through people in, in our church. And, and all of the, the stories, and I could tell you story after story about that, about the, the ministry, the homeless ministry. Uh, and I'll tell you one short one. Um, right about Christmas time. And none of this would have happened had we not wanted to find a church that my youngest son liked. It's just insane when you look back at that. And so I think, can you throw that picture up? Um, we, right before Christmas, two, three weeks before, before, before Christmas, we have a, a, a guy that we've been uh, serving on the streets for about two years really articulate guy, really sweet guy, really, really smart guy. And he looked at me one night. We were in the woods behind Open Door Community House, and he says to me, I'm so tired of being poor. I'm so tired of being homeless. I'm so tired of being in poverty. I can't even get my own blank-de-blank son a Christmas present. He and his son and his ex-wife had no, had no relationship. And he starts telling me about his son. Probably 30, 40 minutes we're sitting there talking, and and he tells me about how he is a great little football player. And he talks about he's a, he's a quarterback, and he just loves football, loves football. And so we're, we, as we pulled off, Susan and I pulled off, I thought one of my buddies, one of my, one of my very close friend's son plays football at Georgia. I said, I'm going to call him and see if I can get a jersey, get him to sign a jersey, get him to some gl- whatever. So that next weekend, he brings me down a set of game-used gloves that, that Prather Hudson is the kid's name. Um, a set of game-used gloves, a couple of jerseys, a couple of shirts, and he signed them, you know. And I, and I found Greg, and, and Prather and his dad and me found Greg. We gave him uh, all this stuff. He is crying his eyeballs out. Well, he sends me this picture the day before yesterday. And I don't know if you can see it, but that's his son, Christmas morning, wearing those gloves. They had no relationship. They have a relationship today because... We came to church for my son. And, and that's the stuff that happens. Stephen, you're the only one that didn't cry. <laughs> but it's just... He's not above the age of 30 yet. 
That's what happened to middle-aged men. They start looking back at all their failures like, Lord, I'm so sorry. He'll get there. It is all, all, all about relationships, and they're all providentially ordained relationships. God is so big. He's just so big. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you. Y'all can, y'all can step off. Thank you, guys. We're going to wrap up. Let me just uh, end with just raise your hand if that just made sense to you. If, there were, if, that, if that just connected to maybe what somehow God could be doing in your life. I felt like if we let these guys share this morning, this story this morning, perhaps for some of you, it might connect the dots. The mission statement of our church here is helping people find their way back to God. And, and we kind of put everybody in that mix. Whether you are um, Elliot and you are down and out looking at your misery, your mess, uh, and you're a uh, dis- disengaged, maybe you once believed, but you, you kind of walked away from God. That's probably a lot of where many of us have been in our, 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 our lifetime, our existence. Maybe there's some of you that maybe there's a connection here with, hey, I've I, I'm, I came this morning for the first time where I've been coming for maybe a few weeks and I'm not a believer. Um, I think the message for you, I think the message for those of us that are believers and we're still growing, we're still, we're still trying to seek God and figure out, God, what is the story you're trying to write in my life and how do I continue to pursue you? I think for all of us, I think the thing that we've got to recognize and know that, and, and we say this a lot around here, from the very beginning of time, like when God began to create the earth and put the first human beings on the planet, that was God's quest from then until now in a pursuit of us for us to figure out that God loves us and that there's nothing that we can do, nothing that we can ever do or have ever done Scripture says that can separate us from the love of God. So my hope is, as we look back over nine years, I I hope and dream of what God could do through us in the next 10 years. Because what God wants to do in us, God wants to leverage our, our, our dirtiness, our scars, our wounds, our bruisedness. He wants to leverage our brokenness for somebody else's forever. When I, when I explain it like that, that is, God wants to, as he's writing our stories, and, and a lot of ours look pretty messy, God wants to leverage our junk for somebody else who's in this city or abroad for them to figure out, man, if that guy could be saved, if God could forgive that person, if God could, if God could do something in that guy's life, perhaps he could continue to do something in mine. So here's our hope. Our hope is, one, that, that, that every person that we would know in this room or if you're a guest here this morning, that you'd walk out today and you would say, you know what, there's a God who loves, there's a God who saves, and I want in on that. I would hope that would be you today. And then I would hope for the rest of us, however God has brought you here, whatever difficulty, I believe God wants you to go all in and become that person who just says, I, I, I believe, I believe. I'm all in because he loved me and gave his life for me. I'm all in and I, and I just want to 
give my life and I want to live my life surrendered to him. That's our hope. Our hope is that you would be a part of this movement, this journey of every man, woman, and child finding their way back to God. So what I want to do is I want to pray and just have a moment where we pray together and we say thank you for what he's done in the last nine, maybe you're the last nine weeks, maybe you're the last nine months, maybe you the last nine years with us. But let's, let's, let's go into this future and let's say, God, I'm going to give you my heart today. Whether it's I'm already a believer and I'm going to surrender myself and my future to you because you know the plans that I don't, or it's God... I've never, become, I've, ne- I've never been a believer, but I want to I give my heart to you today. I want you to save me. Wherever you're at on that this morning, I hope you will make the decision to walk further and follow Jesus. Why? Because no one's ever going to love you more. No one ever will ever have your back more. No one will ever give you more hope in a future other than Jesus, who's our Savior. Let's pray. Lord, I just... Um, we just say thanks. There's been miracles that, that have happened in and through this church in the last many years. God, there's been life transformations. And even just those who we put on stage, God, God, you've done an amazing work. And God, we celebrate you, God. We don't celebrate a church. God, there's churches all over the globe, God, that you're working through. So God, we understand this is not about a church. It's about the church. But God, it's about you being the center of the church. God, This is all about you. So, Lord, I pray that we make your name famous. And, Lord, I pray for today specifically. If there'd be anyone in this room that would say, you know what? I showed up on my church's ninth birthday today. Don't know how I got here. Someone invited me. I thought there was free hot dogs. Can we get to that? But, Lord, there are those of us here today that might say, I didn't realize I was coming and you had something in this for me that I didn't realize. And maybe today that is you in your heart right now simply saying, Jesus, today I want to make you the leader and forgiver of my life. Would you come into my heart and would you save me? That's where I'm at right now. And we believe with with any shadow of any doubt because we see the work you've done all across the world in the lives of believers who followed you. God, you're real. You're the, you're, you're, you, are, you are legit. Every other world religion can say they, they had a guy, they had a message. But God, Christianity, based on Jesus, says he went to the cross for us. He gave his life for us. He paved and paid the way for us to be made right with God. And then he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And we believe he's God. So, Lord, we celebrate the fact today that you're alive, that you're well, and that you're in pursuit of your creation. That's us. So today, Jesus, we say yes to you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Can we just give God one more thank you to Jesus? I'm going to invite our host teams up. Hey, it's still church. We've got to take an offering. We've got to pay for this, right? All right, we're going to take an offering. Let me just, that's a funny joke. Thank you for what you've done. Many of you, uh, for how you support this ministry, uh, all of this cannot happen apart from you. So I want to say thanks. And again, if you're a guest, hey, be our guest today. And, and, I, and we say this around here, and this is, I think this is the heartbeat of our church. Our heart beats for people who are struggling. I hope you see that. 
So if you're here this morning and, and, and that bucket comes by and your power's out at your house or something catastrophic like that in your world's wrong, that money's yours this morning, okay? That cash that's in that bucket, it's yours. A lot of you guys give online, so that changes. So if you're out there and you have a need, we help people with needs. That's what we do around here. We, we, we do whatever we can as a church to serve this city for Christ. I'm going to invite you guys to all sing. We're going to close with a song, close this offering. Let's celebrate. I hope you guys will stick around, eat some dogs, uh, let your kids play on the inflatables. We love you. Happy night. <laughs>